The Spaniards called them and asked them, Who are you? From where have you come? Where is your home? At that moment they told them, We have come from Mexico. Then they asked, If you truly are Mexicas, what is the name of the ruler of Mexico? And they replied, Our lords, his name is Montezuma. Welcome back to the Past for Plebs. This is our 12th episode of the new season. This is a special episode dedicated to the king of the Aztecs, Moctezuma, or Montezuma II. In our last episode, we did a deep dive into the Aztec religion and the story behind Quetzalcoatl, or the Feathered Serpent. I thought it would be kind of appropriate to move on to our next character in the story, the king of the Aztecs, Montezuma, or Moctezuma as he is referred to by the Mexica. Montezuma is the English or anglicized name for him, so I'll probably be referring to him as Montezuma, since that's how most people know of him by. Uh, but I might throw a few curveballs in there, so make sure you're ready for that. <laughs> so anyway, the reason why I want to talk about Montezuma is because he is the king of the Aztec Empire upon the arrival of the Spanish. Up until this point, I've really tried to not talk too much about the Spanish, but as you know, it's been kind of difficult to do that since all our sources come from them. Um, so this is really going to be the turning point in the episodes. I'm going to actually be talking about the Spanish because they're characters in this story now. Montezuma is meeting with them, so they're going to they're gonna be there. I plan to do our next episode on Hernan Cortez. You're going to hear his name a lot in this episode, and after that, I'll eventually introduce the Spanish conquistadors in a later episode, and we'll find out who they are and kind of what makes them tick. All right, so enough with the introductions. Let's get down to Montezuma, who he is, all that good stuff. So our story with the Aztecs left off with the empire being centered around Tenochtitlan in modern-day Mexico City. Montezuma was the last notable king of the empire, and he reigned for about 20 years right up until the Spanish arrive. We have a lot of really good source evidence on the descriptions of Montezuma, um, and I want to share some words uh, with you now. Uh, for, for reference, the three sources I'm using for these episodes uh, are primary sources, and they come from all Spanish authors. The first is the Florentine Codex. The second would be the letters of Hernan Cortez in his own accounts of the events. And then the third is are the accounts of another conquistador. His name is Bernal Diaz de Castile. He was with Cortez in all of the events. The great Montezuma got down from his litter, and many other lords who walked before the great Montezuma were sweeping the ground where he would tread and spreading cloth on it so that he should not walk on the earth. None of these chieftains dared to even think of looking him in the face, but kept their eyes lowered with great reverence. I love that depiction of Montezuma because uh, the conquistador Diaz paints a really regal picture of Montezuma. And what's really sad is that we actually, we actually see three different Montezumas in these sources. Um, and a lot of times, even just one of the sources reveals pieces of all three of these different Montezumas. Ultimately, the story of Montezuma is a tragedy. It's a tragic one. He, 
He rules for 20 years before the Spanish arrive, and then upon the arrival, the Spanish just make his life really, really miserable up until he is actually killed. And so it's a real tragedy, and I actually get sad kind of thinking about it and reading about it. Um, and so we'll, you know, we'll kind of talk about that as we go. But I want to tell you about the three different Montezumas that I see in these stories. The first version of Montezuma that we hear about is the fearful one. Montezuma is noted several times in the sources as being terrified of the Spanish, expecting them to come and take over his city, and just like really just kind of like cowering. Like, oh no, what are we going to do? The Spanish are here. They're taking over. I guess we should just let them have the city. Like that's literally partly in the stories kind of how Montezuma acts. We also see Montezuma acting in a different way, which is a very submissive Montezuma. Now it kind of goes along with the fearful one. Um, but basically, once the Spanish actually meet him, he kind of just lets them do whatever they want to like him and the other Aztecs. He welcomes him into the city and he shows him around and he says, hey, you know, whatever you guys want, you can have it. Here you go. And so that's a very confusing thing to see. And then the third Montezuma that we see, my personal favorite, and in my opinion, this is probably the real Montezuma, by the way. Um, but we see Montezuma carrying himself very well, holding his head high, being very regal, welcoming the Spanish, and also standing up for himself. And so this is the Montezuma that I just shared with you in that little excerpt, right? He gets down from his litter and he has people sweeping the ground before him. Um, his his followers, his the people around him, they don't even look at him. They're not allowed to look him in the face um, out of respect. So this is the this is a very different Montezuma that we're seeing than the whole like oh no the Spanish are here we might as well just let them have everything and you know they can they can take over the city now, so that's really really interesting. Now, the fearful Montezuma is potentially based in reality. We do have to consider the fact that the story has been written down long after the events in many cases, and all of these sources are written by Spaniards. So in this version, Montezuma, some, for some reason, he seems to already know the future. He knows that the Spanish are going to win, um, and he knows that they're going to take over the city. In fact, in some of his quotes, he even tells Cortez, hey, I'm glad you're here. We've been saving your throne for you. Come on in. Uh, you can have the empire. And so that's just a very strange thing to hear. Um, and so that's why I think maybe this is actually just the Spanish retelling the story in their own way so they can make it seem like their arrival was destiny. Because keep in mind, their empire building, they're, re they're writing this story partly for the future generations of the Aztecs who they conquered so that they think, oh, like this was the plan all along. Like our old king actually wanted Cortez to take over anyway. So this is kind of natural. So that's kind of part what a lot of historians are kind of pulling out here that it's pretty much just a farce. I should also note that the first chapter of a lot of these stories is literally just a list of like eight different omens that warned the Aztecs that hey the Spanish are coming and it's gonna be bad so get ready. Now I'm not saying I don't believe in omens um, but I don't I really don't and it's way more likely that the Spanish are just kind of orchestrating this memory into their own story. So we have to consider that. So was Montezuma extremely fearful? Mm. He may have, He, may, I mean, I'm sure he was, but I don't think he was cowering in fear and all of that, like the Spanish are saying. Now, the second 
Montezuma is a very diplomatic and regal and prestigious one. So I want to show you another excerpt from when Montezuma is welcoming Cortez for the first time into the city, and they're really meeting for the first time. So Cortez says, Is it not you? Are you not he? Are you Montezuma? And Montezuma responded, Yes, I am Montezuma. Then he stood up and welcomed Cortez to meet him face to face. He bowed his head low and stretched out as far as he could and stood firm. Then he addressed him in these words, Our Lord, you are very welcome in your arrival in this land. Now this version of Montezuma, he's very controlled, he's very calm, he welcomes Cortez in a very like kingly way. If it, almost, it feels like two kings just meeting, like it's almost normal. Um, and so that's, that's the Montezuma that I really like, I really appreciate. Now, I want to talk about the submissive Montezuma that we see so much. Um, basically, this version of Montezuma allows the Spanish to do whatever they want. Now, once the Spanish are in Tenochtitlan, basically, the story goes that Montezuma does welcome them in. And Montezuma shows them around the city. Cortez basically goes on a little tour with Montezuma. And Montezuma is excited to show Cortez all the cool things that they have in Tenochtitlan. And of course, one of the stops on the tour were the temples where they worship the different gods. Um, and so there's two different versions to the story of how this goes. And I want to share these two versions with you because we see two very different Montezumas. And they both cannot be true. It's only one of these is actually true. So that's why it's so fun. Um, the first version of the story is what, from Hernan Cortez himself. So he's writing his letters and he records the account. So he speaks to Montezuma about his gods, and he basically tells them, hey, your gods are fake, and the Aztecs are fools to even ever have believed in them. Here's the quote. You have been deceived in expecting any favors from the idols. The work of their own bands formed of unclean things, and they must learn there was but one God, the universal Lord of all, who had created the heavens and the earth and all things else. Now, he basically just says, you know, your gods are fake and all that. And then Cortez says that Montezuma responds as such. After I spoke to him, Montezuma replied, and the others agreeing to what he said, our ancestors had emigrated here many years ago. They fully believed that after so long an absence from their native land, they may have fallen into some errors, and that I, having recently arrived, must know better than them. And if I would make them understand the true faith of Christianity, they would follow my directions as being for the best. And afterwards, Montezuma remained with me, remember this is Cortez speaking, until I removed all the symbols, all the idols, and I purified the churches. I forbade them from sacrificing humans to their gods, as they had been accustomed to do. So that's the end of the quote. What I love about this passage is the fact that Cortez is literally just showing up and completely disrespecting Montezuma's way of life right to his face. Hey, bro, your gods are fake and you need Jesus. <laughs> and according to Cortez, Montezuma's response is even better. It's, hey, you know what? You're right. Let's take down all the statues, destroy the temples, put up some churches. Thank you so much for setting us straight. What were we thinking? I mean, this is, this is like laughable. 
I mean, Cortez literally paints Montezuma to be a complete pushover. And I think we have to really think about this. Like, do we really believe that Montezuma, the king of the Aztec Empire, is like, oh, yeah, dude, come on in and just build some churches and take down all the stuff that we've been doing for hundreds of years? Like, no, it's it's definitely not happening. And what I love is that the other story from another conquistador is completely, a completely different reaction. And so here's what the other conquistador says. Montezuma replied to Cortez half angrily, and the two priests who were with him showed great annoyance and said, Senor Cortez, if I had known that you would have said such defamatory things, I would not have shown you my gods. We consider them to be very good, for they gave us health and rains and good harvests and seasons and as many victories as we desire. And we are obliged to worship them and make sacrifices. And I pray you do not say another word to their dishonor. Now, this is the real Montezuma. He is not happy with Cortez, and he's not happy with the Spanish. It's in this moment that we really get an idea of, like, the real situation going on here. And if there was any misunderstanding before this, like, oh, the Spanish are here to say hi and just kind of start trading with us, they're starting to figure out that that's not the case. The Spanish are not down with their gods, and Montezuma is not happy about that. And in fact, shortly after this, the Aztecs actually attempt to kill the Spanish, and they do push them out of the city, and they force them to flee. Um, so Montezuma, you know, sadly, is and he ends up being murdered. He ends up being killed. Um, but we're not really sure how. There's two versions of the story. Um, one version says that the Spanish have him killed after they take him prisoner, which is like right after this interaction that we just talk about um, at the temples. And then shortly after that, they're chased out of the city by the Aztecs. Now, the other story is that Montezuma is killed by his own people who feel that he betrayed them by letting the Spanish in. Um, and honestly, both of these versions are very possible. You know, the Aztecs clearly were not happy with the decision that Montezuma had to let them into the city. Um, and the Spanish clearly did not like Montezuma. So the the sad truth is, is that Montezuma's story is very tragic. He dies either way, and it was unjust, and it's just too bad. So as we wrap up the story of Montezuma, I want to take this time and really thank you for joining us today. We're not finished with Montezuma. We got a good glimpse into him. But in the next episode, I want to take on the perspective of Hernan Cortez. As we just saw moments ago, Cortez is very good at lying. Or maybe not so good. But we'll find out why he's lying and what his motivations were. I suppose this also means that we have officially left the pre-Columbian era since, well folks, the Spanish are here. They've arrived. It's no longer pre-Columbus. So join us next time on The Past for Plebs. You won't want to miss this next episode. And be sure to subscribe for future videos. And remember, it's okay to be stuck in the past. <laughs>